and uh, and I am moving all the way to verse two tonight. <laughs> I know we are looking point, and I said we were going to move along. <laughs> I will one of these days move along, uh, but uh, verse 2 really stood out uh, to me, and uh, we'll share a few things about that. Um, in verse 2, we're told about a person who fears the Lord. Notice, he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. Um, now, we've already studied the subject I know, all right, of the fear of the Lord, and we've seen that in the book of Proverbs. We have also studied the word way and how many times it's used, I think some 52 times or so, in uh, the book of Proverbs. Um, and so you say, well, pastor, you already dealt with those two subjects. That's pretty much primarily the verse. So what is it about this verse? Well, you're going to find out. So let's pray. Ask God to help us. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful that you us the opportunity, the privilege tonight to look into the Word of God, uh, especially these words of wisdom that you have given to us through the, the pen of Solomon, and I thank you that you inspired uh, these things, that we might know uh, truth for life, and that we might have guidance and help, and I pray that you stir our hearts about, uh, about the subject dealt with here in Proverbs chapter 2, and and open our hearts to the truth of your word. I pray, give us understanding, help us to think it through, and to live in light of this truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have an outline. I do. Uh, but let me begin by, well, I already began, didn't I? But let me continue by telling you a story about a well-known politician who happened to notice as he was uh, going about his business, a gentleman walking near him. And this gentleman had a very pronounced limp as he walked. Well, he looked up at the gentleman and thought that he recognized the man actually when he actually when he saw the limp and then he looked and saw the man. He remembered that chaplain at the college he attended during the years he was there. And so he went up to the man, you know, kind of intrigued about this and asked him if he was a chaplain at such and such a school during the years that and the professor replied that he was, indeed. And the politician said these words then, I knew it, I knew you by your limp. Well, the former chaplain looked at him and smiled weakly, and he said, well, it seems like my limp made a deeper impression on you than my preaching. Well, being quick of wit and deft at dealing with slip-ups, as most politicians seem to be, the man replied, the highest compliment we can pay a preacher is to say he's known by his walk more than by his talk. In Proverbs chapter 14 and in verse 2, we're challenged actually about our walk. And we're, we're challenged in a, very, in, a, in a very straightforward and a very powerful way. Because God in... Uh, this, in both a positive and negative statement, tells us something we need to seriously consider and think about. The Bible says, He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. 
We live in a day when Christians want to make most issues and matters gray areas. You know, it seems like everything's a gray area today. So no matter what someone wants to do, well, we can't criticize it. We can't say anything negative about it because, look, we really don't know whether, whether that's a, you know, it's kind of a gray area in life. But do you know when we look at the Bible, we don't, we don't see a lot of gray. We see a lot of black and white. And as I come to this verse, one of the things that really jumped out at me, and in fact, I, I had really considered because we dealt with some of the subjects already, uh, just moving on, but it just, I just kept coming back to verse 2. And the, the powerful thought here that my walk speaks, you know, says something about my either love for God or lack of love for God. And I hope you'll just take some time and, and look at that subject a little bit with me this evening. You know, if I were to say um, that, look, if, uh, well, let's just, uh, let me picture it this way. Let's say someone hardly attends church. They rarely read their Bible. They have some spiritual issues in their life that are, are clearly seen that they're not dealing And if I were to say to that person, go up to them and say, you despise God, there's a good chance I might get slapped. And if I don't, they would at least probably be angry with me, and maybe they'd lash out by saying, you're so judgmental. But God does that very thing in this proverb. Notice what he says again. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. If you walk uprightly, you're showing that you fear the Lord. But if you are perverse in your ways, what are you also saying? That you despise God. This is a powerful proverb and a powerful statement. Um, the word there and the words are interesting because um, he says that those who turn aside or depart from the upright way despise God. So it's really the person who fears God, reverence for God, who reveres God, uh, or ha who, who does that which is right, reveres God, and the person who does that which is wrong or goes his own way, turns away from God, despises him. And so this truth is brought out here in this passage. The word that we find that challenges us about this is he that walketh. Your walk says something about you and your, your love for God. The word translated walketh here is used 30 Proverbs. And it's interesting because it's not translated walk or walketh every time. Go, goeth, you'll see a number of times. And we're going to look at this subject a little bit tonight, and I don't have a lot of time, do I? So uh, I don't have a nice, pretty, alliterated outline. As you can tell, so to have three points, three, three things that all are alliterated, and I don't. I'm just going to share a few thoughts that stood out about this word and this thought first. And what we find actually... Proverbs 14, 2, um, is this. Your walk declares your relationship with God. And this is important to think through. Your walk declares your relationship with God. Uh, this is not a, a, a gray area. It's not, okay, I, I pretty much love God, and, and, uh, and really I think I'm okay. If with them and you're choosing to turn away from that which you know to be right, then you cannot say that you have a fear of God that you ought. 
See, this, this passage and this truth doesn't give us, it doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room. It doesn't say, okay, look, as long as you're doing this, 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 you're okay. You know, if your hair is cut in a certain way and if you're dressed a certain way and if you're doing these things, then look, if other things aren't exactly right, that's okay. What the passage tells us is, look, those who fear God walk uprightly. And those who don't walk uprightly don't, not only don't fear God, but ultimately they despise God. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't say that about myself, nor would I even want to say it about others necessarily. But God takes the time in this passage and in this verse. Thing. I, I thought of how to illustrate that. I think the passage does it well. But, but you know, imagine being Mother's Day and a teen comes walking into the kitchen um, gives mom a hug and says, I love you, mom. But in week, mom asks her or him, whoever it might be, to do numerous tasks to help out around the house, and they grumbled about every duty that they had to do and everything they were asked to do. And then maybe even a few days before Thursday, they were place, and the child said, uh, I hate you. And yet on Sunday, a hug and says, Mom, I, I love you because it's, I guess, because it's Mother's Day, right? But let me ask you something. Words sound great, but the works are saying something very different. So a mother, although she wouldn't do it on Mother's Day, would have a right if, in mind, a child was that way. They, do you really love me? Now, again, no mother would do that. Father might do it, but no mother would ever do that. You know? And the reason you wouldn't, well, just I'm just being honest, but here's the truth. If someone is disobedient, if someone says a number of things say something otherwise, then look, their walk speaks louder than their talk. I've heard that so many times in life, haven't you? And so... We are challenged with this truth. Your walk declares your relationship with God. It tells, the way you walk tells me how highly you think of God. And if you aren't walking with him, obeying him, it shows you have a disrespect for God. And that is a very serious thing. So your walk declares your relationship now, let's look at how this is used, at least a, little, a few other scriptures. The second truth we could bring out, and the second, if you would, kind of fact that came out of this, is you choose how you walk, which actually, Proverbs 14, you choose how you walk. Look, God couldn't say, you despise me if you're doing this and you're walking, and you fear me if you're walking this way, unless the way we walk is a choice that we make. And yet, how many times have you heard, have you ever had someone say, well, look, I just couldn't help myself when someone did something wrong? Okay, you've never heard that? I have. I've heard it plenty of times. Well, I just couldn't help. Well, that's just the way I am. You know, I, 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 I lose my temper all the time, so I just react that way. Just expect it. Well, now, look, when, when you make a statement like that, you're, you're saying something that is patently untrue. If you, if you lose your temper all the time, it's because you have learned a pattern of losing your temper. And it 
can change and it needs to change and there's no excuse for that action. And we, again, we live in a day when people excuse all sorts of and say, well, you know, I have a propensity. That's what we have people saying that about drink, about all sorts of well, I just can't help myself. I was born that way. I, I you know, I have, I, I have, I have a certain genetic makeup that gives me this tendency. Look, everyone has the same genetic makeup. We're sinners. We all have a tendency to go towards sin and do that which is wrong. Look, you choose how you walk. And Proverbs 14, 2 bears that out, as well as the rest of the book of Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs 14. I mean, we start where, where we find the word walk mentioned very early in the book. And look at what Solomon says. You remember in verse 10, Solomon's talking about sinners enticing. And he said, my son, if sinners entice thee, what does he tell him? Sorry. Don't consent. Look, if you would, at where we find the word walk. In verse five, 15, what's next? Walk not in the way with them. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. My buddies are all doing it. Everyone's doing it. Don't walk in that way. That, that, was, that was apparent. <laughs> so? So if your friends were all jumping off a cliff, would you do that? We always have those lines, right? <laughs> and they probably would. Here's, they'd probably argue for that, too. But, the, <laughs> okay. wow, let's not get off on that subject, right? But the, the, the truth of the matter is you choose the way you walk. And Solomon, in many different ways throughout the book of Proverbs, reminds us of that truth. He says, hey, look. when you're not walking in the right way and you fear me when you are walking in the right way is because you make the choice the way you walk and you make the decision that you are going to walk right or not walk right and um, and that decision tells me what you think of me at least that's what God could say so you choose how you walk Third thing and third truth that we find actually in the verse we just saw there, your walk is affected by your associations. This was challenging to me as I started to look at the word walk in the book of Proverbs. And as I did say that, didn't I? The word is found in the book. And it's translated again in different ways. But your walk your associations. Um, it's affected by who you listen to. Look, if you would, in Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive and the years of thy life shall be many. And you say, ha, doesn't say anything about our walk. Well, wait a second. I have put thee in the way of I have led when thou goest, thy and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. You say, well, wait a second, I don't see the word walk. There you go. Because the word isn't translated walk in verse 12, it's translated goest. And what he's saying in verse 12 is your walk, when you walk, if you're listening to me, if you're heeding me, if, then it's going to make a difference in your life. So your walk is affected by creations. First, by the people you listen to. 
uh, in chapter 6, verses 20 to 22. It speaks of being led in your walk. You listen. It's an important one, and it's been off on a rabbit trail for a while, but it is important to be careful about who you listen to. And I'm talking about the guys you listen to on, on TV, the preachers you listen to. I, I'm talking about the people you listen to and the people online. Because look, your life and your walk is affected by the people that you spend time listening to. Now, um, there are a lot of there are fine Christians who I have have told me at times. Well, I listen to so and so. I really enjoy their preaching, and you know I've heard things and I've read things about so and so. And, and it's, there's times where I almost shake my head and say, "Why are you listening to them?" Now, maybe you've never, uh, you know, you've never thought that before, but who you to have? Solomon said, look, if, if you hear and receive my sayings, verse 10, not only will the years of your life be many, as we said, when you go, it's going to straighten your steps. When you run, it's going to keep you from stumbling. Because, look, if you listen, if you'll hear the people you listen to, people You may listen to popular Bible preachers on TV or online, and if they're not sound in their teaching, you may find some help, but you need to be very careful because who you listen to is what affects your walk. And young people need to know that as well. Not only who you listen to, but what, I mean, I think you got this second one figured out already anyway, right? Who you spend time with. Proverbs 13, 20. Now, come on, you, you don't know the verse, but um, as soon as I start it, you see that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools is going to be destroyed. So if you spend, if you, if you want to say, if you want to, if you walk with wise men, then what's going to be the result? Wisdom. You're going to have wisdom. Why? Because who you spend time with affects your walk, affects your wisdom. You go back to chapter 1. You're not too far away, so and I don't have time to look up all these verses. But um, in, verse, in, in chapter 1 and verse 10, again, my son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Verse, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Why? Why? Why not be around them? Because the more time you spend with them, the more likely it is you're going to walk with them. I've been reading Old Testament. I got through the book of Joshua, get into Judges, and you know what the book of Judges teaches? It's people you hang around, it's the people you end up walking like. And you say, well, well, where do you find that? Well, you, you, you're raising Israel straying from God. Here's the reason why. Because God left certain nations in the land of Canaan because the children of Israel didn't obey God. He left certain people there to test the children of Israel, see if they'd walk in his ways. And here's what happened. They gave their kids, their daughters, in marriage to the sons of, of the land. And they gave their sons, their sons took daughter or took the daughters of the foreign the foreigners the Canaanites 
And when they did, they started to worship their idols. They started to follow and do those things. Why? Because the people you spend time with, the people you hang around with, are the people you walk and so God says, hey, listen, you've got to be careful with associations because the people that walk is affected by your associations. You choose how you walk. Your walk declares your relationship with God. The people you spend time with, the people you listen to, are all going to affect your walk. Fourth truth you can find in Proverbs, a right walk brings God's favor. A right walk brings God's favor. We've been keeping you kind of, or trying to stay in the same area. Chapter 2 of Proverbs, and uh, verse 7 says this, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. Who does? Verse 6, who is it that get, layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous? Okay, the Lord does. And then what do we find? He is what? A buckler to To who? So those who make the choice to walk uprightly, a right walk, God's, in this passage, protection. It's the, it's the word, a buckler was a shield or, or a protection. So those who are walking in the right way uh, get God's favor. Uh, look in chapter 3 and verse 23. Uh, and in verse 21, he again... Uh, Encourages the son, don't let these truths depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and destruction. Uh, destruction. <laughs> Discretion. Back to the next, to the verse. Uh, verse 23, then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not slip. We have God's protection, God's favor. We have God's verse 23, and also you can, and, uh, there's a place of refuge for the one who walks right. In fact, in chapter 28, verses 18 and 26, if we had time to turn there, we would. Two references to both salvation or deliverance are found in chapter 28, verses 18 and 26. God pours out his favor on those who makes the right choices in their walk. Now, You'll love me, this last point. But I want to make it a The result does not affect your walk. And i got to explain that one. The results ought not affect your walk. I just got done saying a right walk brings God fa God's favor. And then I turned around and I said the results ought not affect your walk. And that sounds kind of inconsistent, so let me explain. I'm going to have God's favor. We all walk right because walking right is how I fear and love God and show my love for God. And he deserves that, no matter what he does for me. But the reason I say it, and so turn to you know, quickly in 19, verse 1. And notice what God says. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a says that it's better for a person to be poor and walk in integrity. The point being made here 
in chapter 19 and verse 1, and also in chapter 28 and verse 6, which tells us it's better to be in poverty if that's the result of a godly walk than to have riches and be perverse. The point of both of those verses is that an evil walk is always preferable to an evil walk no matter what the result. God never said that if you make the choice to walk in a righteous way that everything's just going to be hunky-dory. Wow, I haven't heard that term in a long time. Everything's going to be wonderful. Your life's going to be roses. Everyone's going to pat you on the back and they're going to love you. No, sometimes when you, in fact, a lot when you walk uprightly, those that live godly in Christ Jesus suffer persecution. Uh, and the point of chapter 19 and verse 1, the point of chapter 28 and verse I told you there a moment ago, I don't have it in front of me right now, this very moment, is that, hey, look, if you have to make a choice between poverty and walking right, walking with integrity and walking in a right way, or riches and living an evil life, choose poverty. See, you, you can't determine your walk by the results. In fact, it's very important that you don't. Um, because many times, when a person walk, it brings pressure. You don't think in Proverbs chapter 1, when you tell evil men, I won't go with you, that you're going to be popular? You, you think, seriously, that you when you make the choice to walk because you love God in a way that pleases him and honors him, that everyone's going to be real happy with what's going on in your life. And the no, many times there are very serious consequences that come with the right walk. So you can't live controlled by the consequences. You need to walk right because you love God. Because you have a reverence for God. And he deserves your very best. And, and, um, and those are just a few of the challenges that, that I got this past week as I uh, dug into Proverbs 14 and verse 2. And I hope you'll be challenged about your walk and you'll think about it. An old devotional calendar had uh, this home for thought. And on there because I thought it was good. That wisdom, Lord, on us bestow from every evil to depart. Lord, give me the wisdom to depart from all evil, to stop the mouth of every foe by upright walk and lowly heart, to prove godly fear to give and show the world how Christians live. You know, um, I, I want to show by my walk that I fear God that I don't despise God. And you should too. And I hope you'll make then the decision to walk right because how you walk is a choice. And that may mean you've got to change your friends. That may mean you've got to change who you're listening to. But God is worth it. And God deserves it. Father, thank you for your word, and thanks for the challenge you gave me, opportunity to give your people. So take these words and, and help us all to determine we're just going to walk because we fear you and love you in a righteous, upright, holy, godly way. And may we never turn aside. And may, when we're tempted to do so, may we understand what that saying 
to you that we despise you. And may we never do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you as you walk uprightly. You're dismissed.